Hello, hello. Let's get right into our very first episode, Talking Tech, specifically the iPhone 11 and the Apple keynote that happened earlier this week. This is Just Outside the Artboard. So for all you non-nerds out there, Tuesday was the day Apple fans look forward to every year. It's the one day of the year Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, comes on stage just as Steve Jobs did in years past to announce the new and improved tech of the future for the company, primarily the new iPhone. Um, Today they were talked about uh, everything from the iPhone 11, the new Apple Watch Series 5, the seventh generation iPad, and the infamous Apple TV Plus with a crazy good price compared to the competition of Hulu, Netflix, HBO, and Disney Plus. Whether you're an Apple user or not, I think it's important to see what some type of tech companies in the industry are doing to push products forward. And this is a simple breakdown of what I think are key points they are making a difference while also maybe completely missing the boat entirely. Um, If you're an Apple fan and already have a product, say an iPhone, an iPad, an Apple Watch, or stream shows online, it's really interesting to see a tech giant like Apple jump into various spaces and really direct an entire category. Apple TV Plus. Let's start with a big surprise for many. Apple TV Plus, their version of Netflix, or rather HBO, if you will, because let's be real, that is who they're competing with after their announcement. Now, I honestly thought this was going to be a huge loss for Apple in the end. They're already playing catch-up to other giants, and their trailers for original shows do look great, but it's not like you can tell if they're massive hits right out the gate. But the price, that is what got me really interested. Where were they going to sit in comparison to others? How were they going to differentiate themselves? They aren't really going to compete with Netflix, as many assumed. They're really after HBO. They want a handful of high-quality shows, and they want the production budgets on some of these shows to be just astronomical, close to, say, Game of Thrones. The real big question is, will it be worth adding to the arsenal you already have, whether it's Netflix, Hulu, um, or whatever? I personally have had Netflix for nearly a decade now and only recently started to get into other streaming services. Um, With Spotify, I got a couple years ago, um, if you, Spotify Premium, I should say, if you didn't know, you can get Hulu with ads for free included in the $99 price with Spotify. Um, Then as I already have AT&T for my mobile device, um, they provide HBO streaming for free as well. Um, This last year has been incredible as the competition and the bundling really started to heat up. Hell, I just paid for three years of Disney Plus, their new streaming service, because they did a buy two years, get the third year free a few weeks ago. Um, I was already okay with their $6.99 price per month, um, but that deal brought it down to less than $4 a month, which is crazy listing for the offerings they have. Um, That's anything from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and Nat Geo. Um, Competition is good, and I think right now it's really starting to get interesting. Though, as I mentioned, those aren't who Apple is after in the streaming space. They want to be the next HBO. Shows that look like top dramas and action adventure like Game of Thrones, that was honestly the biggest surprise of the day and one of the mysteries going into the keynote. Obviously, Apple has the, the cash to burn through to make shows good. They're currently pushing anywhere between 5 to $15 million per episode on some of these new shows they're making right now. And to keep the quality atop the rest of the pack, that's what they're going to have to do to keep themselves you know, at the top. Or right out the gate, they're going to have to really be competing with some of the big names and uh, the streaming services. One of the really huge things I thought they kind of brushed over quickly was they're offering the service on November 1st 
with the shows beginning that month. Then new shows each month after that. I presume they will probably go the weekly release versus the entire season dump that Netflix does. Um, this gives shows a longer shelf life, a bigger fan base um, over time. Uh, it makes you invest more time into each episode, each character. That buzz each week is the news cycle versus flooded with one week of, say, Stranger Things news, and then it's over until the next year or the next season that comes out. Um, if you currently have Netflix, though, or if any other streaming service, be prepared to see this become the norm soon. Uh, many are keeping tabs on what HBO has been doing with shows like Game of Thrones, Righteous Gemstones, and Succession in their weekly release and their buildup buzz that really kept the shows um, in the news each and every single week. Um, just something to keep an eye on as you look to select streaming services of your choice in the future. Oh, and this kind of jumped out to me as well during the keynote. If you purchase an iPhone, an iPad, or a MacBook, you will get Apple TV Plus for an entire year for free. Though it's not a huge discount when you think about it, the entire year TV Plus will cost around $60 anyway. But savings is savings, and if you're already in the market for a new phone, computer, or iPad, this is you know an extra bonus to watch you know a handful of great shows towards the end of the year, and every single month they're going to come out with new content. So it's not a terrible idea. I mean, if you're already going to buy something, just remember that you're going to get an entire year of Apple TV Plus on top of it. But before we get into the next announcement, what do you guys use for streaming? Do you still pay $200 a month for cable? Have you cut the cord to any of their options out there? Um, would Apple TV be tempting? Is Netflix enough? Has Disney Plus uh, taken away, you know, taking away all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel made you think about adding that to the list? Either way, let me know what you guys think. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. I'd love to hear what you guys think. And now on to the iPad announcement. Um, the seventh generation iPad, this quote lower end iPad has been um, that many creators have pushed to the side for pro models. But uh, to be honest, this thing is getting crazy good for the starting price of $329. Uh, nothing too major to announce here. Um, they added Apple Pencil support, which I absolutely love for you know, on the go sketching or drawing or notes even. Um, if you haven't used an Apple Pencil, it's a really game changer um, with the, the whole iPad experience. Um, one thing I can see becoming a norm for tablets going forward. Um, but that's about it for the iPad. I think they, they made it bigger by half an inch maybe. Um, it wasn't a major refresh. They, they pushed the size of the screen and I think Outside of that, it's nothing to write home about. Um, they keep pushing new features, you know, faster processors and all this stuff like that. But the price point at 329 for this lower end and then starting to kind of push in a lot of those pro features that the pro model has, is it's a nice touch. I think it's a really great ad for a lot of students or people that are kind of starting out in the industry as creatives. It's a, I love it. I think it's a great in-between between a computer and a sketch pad. It gives you a lot more freedom to kind of go straight into um, a more final um, look and feel of what you're actually going for without having to jump from pencil and sketch to the computer. And now on to the Apple Watch. Uh, the Apple Watch Series 5, uh, this has to be the most confusing product for me to wrap my head around by Apple. It always has been. I've been on the fence about wanting to get one for years and I still can't pull the trigger even though they get better and better every year. They get slightly cheaper. I think it comes down to just piss poor battery life. The overall design and the form factor, um, along with the fact that it's essentially a miniature iPhone on your wrist, uh, 
I mean, don't we already have like serious issues in grabbing our phones out of the, you know, at all times? Either way, I think next year might be the bigger jump. So it's definitely a wait and see to, you know, what they're going to do. I'm a huge watch guy. I've always loved wearing a watch. Um, but right now I just don't see the Series 5 being a huge thing. Maybe next year the Series 6 gets a design overhaul or something major where it's a slightly thinner body or something. But that's about all I can say about the the new Apple Watch. Last year was really the solid upgrade. They increased the size of the screen closer to the edges of the watch face, but the battery life, my lord, it has to be the worst about any entire, like the entire experience in practice is, it seems so silly to me. Um, do I want another device I have to charge every single night before I go to bed? Um, I've been a fan of smart tech for years now. Uh, I always have loved companies like Jawbone, Withings, and Fitbit for their innovation and the pay like they keep. Um, but I feel like Apple has the option to smash an iPhone into a tiny wristwatch. To it, it makes I, I feel like they just did not try with this product. They thought of something and they said, "Okay, we should definitely do that," and not think through the entire experience. Um, that and I really enjoy sleep tracking, um, the smart alarms that a lot of smartwatches and um, wristbands now do. Um, I've been working with um, the company Withings for a, a few years now, and I really, really enjoy this. Uh, the watches they make, it's easily the best quote smartwatch on the planet right now. I think in every way, um, it looks like a really good watch. It looks like a standard watch. It works as like a, a manual kind of, you know, analog watch that you would notice at, you know, a regular wristwatch. Um, I can't stand the look and feel of the Apple watch. It's just an odd square. It's super thick. Um, something about that big giant square. It just doesn't look natural to me. Uh, though I have quite a few gripes with the Apple watch, it does have some incredible features. They've been able to put in heart monitors and fall detection for elderly, elderly and people with disabilities, which is, um, if you've heard some of the miracle stories behind that tech, it's wild what they're kind of able to detect before it even happens or as it happens to kind of alert people if they need to be, um, uh, helped though. The battery life is easily the worst part of the entire thing. Um, I think it's one, you've one day of battery life. I think it's 18 hours. And what they pitched was this year's feature was really the, um, I think it was always on or always, whatever they called it, always on screen or something like that. So the screen is always on. So you can kind of, instead of like shaking your wrist to see if it wakes up or tapping the screen of the watch, you don't have to wait for it to wake up to see the time. You just flip the, you know, your wrist to see what time it is, just like a normal watch. Um, but I think today's keynote, they started talking about how the new um, always on is like the new big feature. And I immediately said out loud, oh, great. It sounds like they're not improving the battery life at all. Then they said it has the same great 18-hour battery life as the previous generation. Maybe one day until they kind of um, figure that out, I'm sticking with Withings. The battery life on my um, Withings H, oh gosh, what is it called? I can't remember the name of it, but it's the Withing HR Sport. Um, that has a 30 to 45 day battery life. Uh, it charges wirelessly. I have a little pad that I put it on. And I would highly recommend it to anybody looking to get into this fitness band world or anything by Fitbit. Um, I can link a few um, links down below in the show notes. 
but what do you guys think? Do you have an Apple Watch? Do you love it? Um, what am I missing? Uh, the pros and cons of it. Um, I'd love to hear what you guys think. So be for be sure to hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. I'd love to continue that conversation on the whole Apple Watch and how it fits into the ecosystem of Apple. And here we are to the final segment, the iPhone. Um, the iPhone, the crown jewel of Apple and their outrageous growth over the last decade. Uh, today, they announced the brand new iPhone 11, the iPhone 11 Pro, and the iPhone 11 Pro Max. Now, if you've opened Twitter or literally any news website that relates to tech in the last three to four months, you may have already seen quite a few photos or leaks of details around this phone already, uh, which is no surprise. It's increasingly difficult to um, kind of hide these types of things anymore. I, I doubt this will become, it'll, it'll, I don't think it'll change anytime soon. But what are the three options we have to choose from this year? Let's start with the iPhone 11. Uh, last year, they came out with the iPhone 10 and 10R. Uh, the 10R was the slightly cheaper, more affordable version. I think it was maybe $699. Um, and that was the number one seller. Apple admitted it on stage at the keynote, which was shocking to see. I mean, they talk about their pro line, you know, their high-end phones and their your tech, and they kind of just said, hey, the cheapest model won last year in sales. Uh, this option gives you a few pretty colors like to choose from, like just like last year. Uh, the largest difference this year, though, is they added dual cameras on the back, one wide-angle lens, and then they also added an ultra-wide lens that has a 120-degree um, field of view uh, for, say, smaller spaces or just to get more into the frame, say, for a large group photo or maybe a large landscape while you're out traveling on a recent like um, family trip. New to all the iPhone options this year are the better video capabilities, but the main one that also is available on the iPhone 11, the lower end one, is the ability to edit video all in the camera app now. Uh, that means you can boost brightness, change color slightly, and then also now crop, which has never been in an iPhone before. You've always had to download a third-party app, so I am incredibly excited to see that be added to the actual um, tool set um, for say you know anybody that wants to edit video or simply just crop a video down or um, just quickly cut it up and kind of send it off to social media. Oh, and then uh, one of the really great features to add to all the iPhones this year was night mode, uh, something Android and the Google Pixel has had for a really long time now. And but it essentially takes multiple photos and pushes the low light. Um, a lot higher than it could have possibly done before. I think the Google Pixel is obviously king right now when it comes to mobile photos. So if you're looking to take photos and you don't necessarily care who the brand is that you get, I, I would highly recommend the Google Pixel. It's an incredible experience um, overall. I think the photos are super sharp. They are, I would say, uh, slightly better or um, they're much better in low light, obviously, than the iPhone, but um, they're a, just a bit sharper. Uh, than the iPhone, but I'm just not a fan of the Android ecosystem. I think it's a, it's a bit broken, in my opinion, the text messaging and being able to add it into my workflow with my, you know, my current MacBook Pro that I use for freelance photography and um, social media work. But I think that's one thing I just can't get, like, I can't wait to test just to see how good their low light, you know, capabilities are in the phone. It's essentially just just taking 
a super overexposed photo and then just kind of taking multiple shots and kind of smashing them all together and trying to computationally figure out what's in the foreground, what's in the background, what should I focus on, and it's just kind of doing some magic in the background. Then just a few smaller features added to this year's lowest model are some better portrait mode options, a few gallery style lighting toggles for artsy uh, photos of friends and family, along with slow motion selfies. So the front facing camera can now do slow-mo along with, I think, 4K. Um, and they literally on stage called the slow-mo selfies slofies. That actually was said out loud at an Apple event. They tried to make it seem cheeky and fun, but it was just super awkward uh, to watch at a live event this week. And it was hilarious to watch people's reactions on Twitter. Then last but not least, they added uh, Animojis, which was the only on the higher end models of iPhone last year. And now it's in the lower end iPhone 11 this year. So for those that want to do those goofy, funny, like uh, face filters or creating your own little characters out of emojis, um, you can now do that on the iPhone 11. And now on to the Pro model, the iPhone 11 Pro and the iPhone 11 Pro Max. Yes, that is a mouthful to say. Uh, the iPhone 11, the lower end, um, and the iPhone 11 Pro are roughly the same size. Uh, the iPhone 11 is 6.1 inches diagonally, and then the iPhone um, Pro, 11 Pro is 5.8 inches. Uh, while the Pro Max is, I think, 6.5 inches again, just like last year, uh, the biggest differences in the Pro line over the regular phone is their push for a better screen, uh, much better battery life, and also a new triple camera setup on the back of the phone, which, if you ask me, looks really bad. I can't imagine Steve Jobs ever approving that type of design if he was still around. Uh, there's a lot of funny memes on Instagram going around that it looks like a um, flat black stovetop that you have in your home. But those three cameras do pack quite the punch for a creator like myself. Um, on the everyday user that might like to take photos with friends and family or while traveling and don't want to invest hundreds or even thousands in photography gear, this is an incredible um, alternative. I've been using my iPhone for photography for a number of years now, and I am not afraid to go out with nothing more than just my iPhone, whether it's uh, on a quick walk with the kids or out to dinner or on like a legit trip to somewhere I've never been um, to take photos of landscapes or new places, that uh, cities I've never been. Um, I'm not afraid to take the iPhone out. I know it takes incredible photos. I know that I can get them printed on larger sizes if I really need to. Um, and I can kind of get away with what I know the camera can do. Yes, it has limitations. It has a smaller sensor. But if you know what you're doing, you can kind of get away with quite a bit with nothing more than the iPhone itself. Let's break down each lens. So lens number one is the usual wide angle lens. Um, it's the typical Apple flavor. It has a 1.8 aperture to allow more light and a pretty simple 12 megapixel camera sensor. sensor. Uh, then lens number two is the telephoto lens or two times zoom. Uh, it's just cropped in twice. Um, that is, I think that has a 2.0 aperture lens, which is slightly less light than the first lens, but still pretty dang good for a phone. So then last but not least, the third option is the new ultra wide angle lens with a 2.4 aperture and a 120 degree field of view, which is very wide. 
they kind of showed examples of photos from all three angles. So they showed ultra wide to wide to uh, the telephoto. So you can kind of see the options you can get from one location. Uh, I think it's it's really good to have that ultra wide. And I think the crop, like the zoomed in is, it's awesome if you've never used it before. Um, I love, I just went on a trip to Chicago last week and having the option to, in such a interesting and dynamic city, to shoot super zoomed in and still not lose any quality uh, while also shooting at a wider angle would be incredible, especially in like a tighter, you know, city environment. The idea behind this is to kind of give each user more options. The more options you have in your pocket, the better when it comes to photography or taking a photo in any type of circumstance. Uh, whether I want to grab a shot of an animal at the zoo while traveling and I'm going to get a little bit closer, um, or if I'm checking out the Grand Canyon and on a cross-country road trip and want to capture the entire scene with an ultra-wide, I have that now. Um, the, the options are really are vast with the triple camera setup. Even though it it looks so silly and like it looks just super awkward on the back of the camera. I think the idea that they're just essentially giving more options to the user. Um, I think the way Apple is kind of marketing their photos with, you know, say the, you know, shot on iPhone campaign that came out years ago and was part of the first episode that I had. Um, that episode will be back online, hopefully in the next day or two. Um, that was my most listened to episode so far. Uh, it's a really interesting story about my shot on iPhone and winning that competition earlier this year, um, which was hosted by Apple. Um, and I think what they're doing is they're they're educating the industry. They're not the industry. Sorry, they're educating just normal users of cell phones. They're telling people that they can take beautiful photos. They can um, capture them in different ways. You can take you know stunning video with your phones. And it's, it's really cool to see such a broad audience start to understand what aperture on a phone is, how that works, what ultra wide, what, you know, two times zoom uh, really means. And like just having all those options all in your pocket is just a super, it's just incredibly powerful for a lot of people. And it's fun to see just my mom understand what it means, my wife to see what the options are when she's like, gosh, you're, you're, you take such good phone, you like photos with your phone. It's weird that you can get those angles with nothing more than what you have in your pocket. And like, I hear that all the time. And I think that's so true with the iPhone and any smartphone, really. Um, they're giving a lot of people um, just a wider array of tools while they're out and, you know, out about a lot of people, a lot of less people are taking on the cost of a big DSLR or a camera in favor of just shooting with their iPhone. I think the biggest limitation is low light photography. If you've ever tried to take a photo of friends or family at a, a low lit bar or a restaurant or outside in the city, it's incredibly hard to get those you know shots at night. So I think their new night mode um, is gonna be a, a big draw for a lot of people. That'll probably be one of the big like billboard ads and commercials they kind of show off this year. So be prepared to kind of see that in commercials pretty soon. Um, I'm excited to test that out. I will likely have another podcast to kind of really dig deep into the iPhone 11 Pro and the Pro Max's like camera system and kind of see what it can do for the regular user and then more so for the pro users like myself that kind of use it on the daily for professional shoots and um, just kind of capturing day-to-day -day life.
Now, I'm not huge into video yet. I do a lot of video for work and I've done some uh, videos on YouTube just to kind of get into the process of shooting and editing videos, um, coming up with concepts and stuff like that and sharing my process. But uh, the video on the iPhone is by far the best video I've ever seen on any smartphone. That's over the Pixel, that's over any Huawei or Samsung Galaxy phone. So I think the uh, video recording on the new iPhone 11 Pro line is uh, 4K video on all three lenses at 60 frames per second. Uh, that's an incredibly powerful tool. I've seen a lot of friends uh, recently um, shooting a lot more incredibly high-end video on their iPhones and then producing just unbelievable shorts and um I mean, heck, Steven Soderbergh, a well-known director, just shot an entire film on his iPhone recently. That is a award-winning director that makes films, uh, and he just kind of showed that you can do a lot with nothing more than an iPhone. And the video capabilities is just super stunning. And I think that was two or three years ago he filmed that with an older phone. So uh, a lot of options out there. Oh, but one of the uh, really interesting uh, tidbits that they kind of jumped onto um, the keynote with was they brought on um, some people from Filmic Pro onto the stage to kind of talk about what they offer in their um, their video app. Um, it's an app that it costs $15, but um, and I'm not a huge fan of just ex super expensive apps, and I think that's an expensive app. Um, for a one use, what it is is... Uh, it's a filming app for video users or people that want to get into vlogging or videos. Um, it gives them more control over what the iPhone's capturing. Uh, it gives them a better range of like uh, log footage or a flat kind of profile to kind of give them more dynamic range to edit and post. Um, better color, stuff like that, better editing. Uh, essentially, I've, I kind of want to get it just to try it out. One of the most interesting things they showed off on stage, or rather the primary thing of what their new features were, uh, it can use, their app can use all four lenses at once. So it can use all three on the back of the iPhone 11 Pro, and then also the selfie camera. And why would you ask, why would you need to film something on the selfie camera and the other three lenses at the same time? Uh, the idea is you could get a super wide angle shot of a, an interview or a band or something like that. You can get a tight end shot on a close up, and then you can also get a, a medium shot. While on the other side, you could get a um, selfie of the person that's filming or possibly the interviewee. Um, for somebody that does a lot of video um, on interviews, I think this is an incredibly powerful tool for possibly marketing directors or small companies that want to do more video work and they may not have the power to afford large amounts of gear or video equipment. Uh, this is a really interesting thing because you could easily set up a quick, you know, two or three angles on a video shoot and then also film yourself interviewing the actual person for cutting it together for social media or um, like whether it's tutorials or something like that that are only internal or external. You can kind of share those on social as well. But I thought that was a pretty interesting thing for video uh, uh, users out there, kind of people that want to get into it or try it out. That's a pretty powerful tool for uh, an app. And now for the price tag. Each of these phones start at $999 for the iPhone 11 Pro and $1099 for the larger 11 Pro Max. 
which for the bang for the buck uh, and the additional tech is pretty good. If you're coming from a 7 or 8 or even an iPhone 10, I think it's a pretty good uh, upgrade. Uh, though my biggest recommendation is if you are on the iPhone upgrade program like I am, I pay monthly to essentially rent the phone from Apple, and at the end of the year, I'm given the option to hand the phone back to them if it's in good working order and grab the latest and greatest and start the process over again. Um, so how does that work exactly? Why am I doing that? Well, as a creator, photographer, designer, and somewhat of a social media specialist in Instagram, uh, I use my phone for everything. It's an extension of the process I've built over the years and with the way it works, if you pay monthly for the full price of the phone, it's broken up into two years. So $9.99 or $1,000 um, broken up over 24 months is about $30 or $40. So I'm paying a premium of $30 or $40 that also includes Apple Care Plus. Um, in case anything happens to it, I get discounts on repairs on the screen and things like that. Uh, but I, every year I'm paying roughly $500 for a phone. Um, I, I know that at the end of the year I kind of expense it as a piece of gear because I use it on a professional level. Um, but the catch is you want that price of the phone you get to roughly stay the same while the features get better. In this case, last year I got the iPhone XS, which yes, for $1,000 um, is a lot. But this year the new phone, the iPhone 11 Pro is also $1,000. So my monthly cost is no different just upgrading every single year. So as long as they continue to push the upgrades slightly better every single year um, and they keep the price point right at what the same thing I'm already paying or less, uh, I think that's great for me. It's something that I'm, I'm fine with as a creator that uses his phone as much as he does. Um, and I almost forgot the uh, battery life. The battery life of the um, the iPhone, I think, usually you think of it, it's, it's only like a 10% increase or a 5% increase or something like that, maybe half an hour to an hour. Uh, the increase in the iPhone 11 Pro increased by four hours over the iPhone XS that I currently have, which the battery life isn't incredible on the iPhone XS. I think it was worse than my iPhone 8 Plus. The bigger phones usually do a lot better. Um, and then the iPhone 11 Pro Max has five more hours than the iPhone in previous years. That's hours added to the life of the day, the battery use in the day. That's insane. I think that's a really interesting kind of feature that a lot of people kind of ignore the battery life of the phone. And I think uh, with the Pro line, they also added a uh, fast charging brick, um, which is usually in a lot of higher end Android phones already. So it's interesting to see Apple kind of jump into that realm, but it's only on the Pro models. Uh, it's like a, a larger brick. I think it charges the phone up to, I can't remember what the number was. They said it was like 60 or 70% in 15 minutes. So that's incredibly fast. So look forward to that. Um, for me or any creator that's into photography or uses their phone as an extension of their freelance or their side hustle, I think it's worth the cost. I think it's another piece of gear in the arsenal of tech that I use every single day. Overall, I think it was a pretty decent day for Apple. They played it pretty safe. Uh, they had some great announcements, uh, but nothing too crazy. Uh, quite a few duds, but mostly I think they really pushed the iPhone forward while also giving a really good first go at streaming with what they're doing with Apple TV+. Plus. Um, and since I'm getting an iPhone, I guess I'll be getting an Apple TV Plus uh, subscription for a year for free. 
Um, I'll be ordering the iPhone 11 Pro most likely this week and hopefully run it through its paces and kind of give you guys a deeper dive into what it can really do in the hands of a professional uh, that uses their phone for a multitude of things. But if you have any questions, as I mentioned, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. I love to hear what you guys think. Um, kind of wonder if you guys are going to upgrade to the iPhone 11 or 11 Pros. Um, and if you might be grabbing any of the new products that they have uh, this year or kind of let me know what you guys think about the Apple Watch, uh, Apple TV Plus, or um, the new iPads. Uh, the idea that they've kind of come out with some slightly cheaper options in all those places. And I want to kind of hear what you guys think. But I, I think that's it. Thank you guys for coming along to this episode of Just Outside the Artboard. Uh, this is the first go at the tech side of things. Uh, I want to kind of get more into it since I use so much gear and photography and design already. Um, I hope to publish episodes weekly and eventually invite guests to tell their stories and help push the community forward in a more meaningful way. Uh, but yeah, be sure to follow along on Instagram and Twitter by simply searching my name, Andrew Griswold. But uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, talk to you guys in the next one.